0: Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ash Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji and my guest, Michael Alexander. Please listen, rate, subscribe, all the above, and enjoy. Peace. 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 All right. This is the Ash Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. I'm here with my guest, Michael Alexander. Peace, Michael. Peace. Thank you for having me um welcome thank you for being here um i always like to start the show with giving you a chance just to give uh, some reverence or respect uh to somebody that's important to you so
1: you know i i, I always um, think about the first gift that i was given and the first gift that i was given were my parents right. um i had the uh, the benefit of uh, two people who were very different in their life but who had given my brothers and i unconditional love and um um it's rarely that I face any kind of a challenge where I don't get drawn back to them to get grounded before I sort of step out.
0: Okay. Thank you.
1: So I honor them.
0: Indeed. All right. So uh, first question is, can you share just a standard or principle um, that you apply to your life that you think is, is really important about how you live as a man?
1: Um, y- there is um, a constant reminder that I, I give myself, and it's, it's been that way for, actually, for decades. And that is to, um, to, to listen deeply to other people so that I have a sense of their truth. I, I know what my truth is. I, 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 you know, I approach each day with a set of guidelines around those things that I consider important and that hold particular meaning to me. Um, but I know that those things came over time and they came in some instances over struggle or over gifts or there are a lot of ways in which I've developed that. And I want to make sure that I pay attention to the path that other people have navigated to find their truth because it will differ from mine. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not, I'm not concerned about, um, understanding it as much as I am concerned about being clear that that journey that they were on is unique to them Mm -hmm. and it defines them in unique ways in the way that that my my journey has defined me so I I really listen deeply to try to get a sense of other people's truths not only the what but the why Uh,
0: when uh with that experience or, or that practice as it is there i't know is there a way that you would characterize or, or or maybe instruct someone to how they could practice that or or prac you know sort of build up that skill of being able to be listening and, and be present um i it, 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 and, and that's
1: a great question I think what helps me to stay focused on it is that. I have come to that insight um, through people being willing to l- let me grow in my knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. of, of the world and, and the world that we navigate through. And not only grow in it, but who have forgiven me for time that I have spent believing things or embracing things that were neither true nor productive. Oh. Uh, You know, I I have such reverence and gratitude to my gay friends who have looked past my homophobia at earlier points in my life, Mm -hmm. the biases and the bigotry that I held. I am so thankful to my Native American friends who have forgiven me for the time that I spent as a child playing cowboys and Indians and Mm -hmm. hating to be an Indian. And, I, it, you know, I mean, it, and that was true for me. I mean, that was something that I found to be totally acceptable without any understanding or any sense of the impact that it had on the humanity of other people. And right. they have given me the time and the understanding to move past that. And so when I find myself needing to listen to somebody else's truth, I go back to those kinds of passages for me where somebody has given me that safe space to go into and grow from mm-hmm. and then I believe it's my obligation to do the same thing.
0: Right.
1: Wow.
0: That's peace. Hey I think the um for me learning to to recognize where you've made error, um and be and then and then to you know, and it's, I guess I would say, it's a very present moment right now for me at my home. Um, but when you've made error and you want to acknowledge, you know, that you've made error, but also we're still going to, like, we're going to be together. So we're also going to be here, yeah. you know, as, yeah. a, as a community, as individuals, whatever. And, you know, I think sometimes our, on a macro level as our society, we don't do the best with, you know, wherever our t- the temperature's at in terms of when someone violates what's the current social norm, you know, right now we're in a very like run them out culture, yeah. right? And, and there's, and sometimes there's, there's a, there's a, a small, you know, there's a like, yeah, you can't come speak at the front of the table at the cookout, but you don't necessarily gotta go home, you yeah, know, for me yeah. at least, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you just can't talk right now. Like, you just go get the plate and sit over there by the oak tree and be mellow and hope grandma don't say nothing to you. That's right. That's the role. That's the role you need to play right now. Yeah, and I think um but I guess I, as a person that is um is sometimes present for others, you know, you start to to see like okay, I need to just sit and listen to what's happening here and and maybe my first reaction isn't the right one, you know, the read isn't the right one. Hmm. You know, how is that um ability, I mean, I guess as you've developed that is that how has that served you in the, in the in the things that you do or the places that you that you find yourself?
1: Well, you know, I I find that it um, well it, it does a number of things. You know, first of all, it it constantly gives me reminder um, that um, I need to approach these situations with a sense of humility. I I, I mean, I I you know, m- my truth or or my understanding, I understand is only as deep and as broad and as supported by the experience that I have. And my experiences are limited. I mean, my, my knowledge base is limited. I, I look at those things that are inherently a part of what I know and understand, and then I look at everything else that's been a gift from somebody else who has been willing to spend the time with me or share the insight with me or take me along a knowledge path. And, you know, I, I learned a long time ago I don't know enough to take care of me. I, I, I truly don't, and that's why I've been so fortunate to have the family I have, to have the children I have, the friends, and the people who have, whose path is intersected with mine. And and I, I try to harvest those gifts, um, but sometimes um, when you find yourself really challenged, I, I just I, I remind myself that I can put my beliefs someplace on a shelf and know that they're safe and now listen to somebody else. And I mean suspend judgment while I'm listening. I'm not listening for the sense of what's right, what's wrong, what I agree with, what I disagree with. I'm listening to deepen my understanding and suspending judgment. The judgment will click in at the time that I need to find a way to merge these two or to displace something that I hold Mm -hmm. or quite frankly to counter something that I've heard. And that's a necessary interaction but it doesn't have to be the point of engagement. There has to be a point where you are simply there to gather data. I mean, a, a scientist gathers data, mm-hmm. and then they begin to look at what are the applications, how do I unpack this, what do I do with it. And um, I find that, you know, quite often in situations where there are divergent viewpoints, too often we approach it um, looking to find the weak point, the scene, the break, the point of disruption as opposed to understanding what's being presented to us and then going back to see how does this align, misalign with my own set of beliefs or constants on this and and that's, it, it, you know, and, uh, and don't get me wrong I struggle with this. <laughs> I mean th- this is not anything I've mastered but it's the way that I want to approach you know, the, the navigating through difficult and challenging situations, particularly with an understanding that I never come into it with everything that I need in order to come to the outcomes that I need to come to. I'm going to have to grow in my knowledge, I'm going to have to validate some things, I'm going to have to acquire some new perspectives. Mm. Can't happen if you're not listening. And it won't take hold if you're constantly in a state of validating or invalidating based on what it is you presume to be right. So I I really work hard at suspending judgment, knowing that it doesn't take away from anything that I hold true. I can re-engage those at the proper point, but I want to be a sponge. Mm. Mm,
0: Thank you. Um, So the second question. Uh, Relationships broadly defined... Um, is there something that you can share that um, you understand better now that maybe at whatever points in your life you uh, maybe didn't understand so well?
1: Um, you know, I, I, I first of all, I think I, I understand that relationships um, are organic. Um, they 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 need to be nurtured. Um, there's a care and feeding, and those that are caring cared for and, and fed will grow and evolve and develop and, and those that are not will, will wither um, it's it's you know it, it's the opportunity to sort of um, be with people in an authentic way that warrants the investment of your time and energy in supporting them and and I, I really value I enjoy relationships I mean I, I really do it, it you know it takes my life, out of the either the preordained or the accepted path that, that I'm on. And um, I get to envision or engage people and things, ideas, concepts, you know, in a very different way than I would ever be able to do on my own. And, um, you know, I view people's willingness to sort of bring you into that space as a gift, and, and I think it needs to be treated that way. Um, I, I also... Um, understand that, you know, relationships can be the source of significant discomfort, because if they are authentic relationships, there are things that will happen that are anticipated, and there are things that will happen that are not anticipated. I mean, there's sometimes just collateral damage of being in a space, a common space that you're sharing with somebody in a, in a real deep and authentic way. Mm-hmm. You, you don't engage when it's comfortable and disengage when it becomes problematic. I mean, that is all a part of it. Mm-hmm. So in, in some ways, I you know it it helps me to sort of strengthen m- my my base of humanity when I can be in, in in you know good and authentic relationships and when I have you know the opportunity to sort of you know bring people into into my world and my existence you know who otherwise you know might not have felt very comfortable sort of trying to find their way in on their own. Mm-hmm. you know we we're we're you know we live in crazy times now, I mean I think you know we're we're involved in the civil war, but we 're using words instead of bullets right now, mm-hmm. but you know even even during other times, I think it's very difficult sometimes for folks whose tribes are different to find those points of overlap or intersection um, without some type of uh, indication that there's a willingness or an invitation to have folks sort of come on
0: in and be a part of that. Mm. D- could you give um maybe just um insight on on methods or ways that you um try to open up a little bit to, to, to give someone the space or to invite someone in, like to, to maybe make a deeper connection? Is there any you know, not to. I want you to to spill your spill no. all of your your, your your methodologies in a way that would uh, uh, undermine you? or people would maybe not like any. uh a, I don't. I would to the listeners. I would not want yeah. you to take this as a like this is the, the the Machiavellian. Even though our usage of that is usually wrong, means by which you manipulate people. More of the something I do yeah. or think about sometimes or I've done in the past that has helped me to to make a space for someone.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I, um, I I've always tried to do, and and some of this goes back to just you know who, who my parents were, but wh- wherever I've um, wherever I've worked, you know, because the workplace is an odd phenomenon. It's the one place that many people will be around other folks who are very dissimilar, not mm-hmm. like them. We don't choose who's going to be there, yeah. and uh, we we tend to find our swim lanes to to navigate in and out of it without having to you know, get into um, you know, you know, bumping into or tripping over or being in space or hearing things that just rile you. You say, you know, that's that ain't who I am. So let me find a way to sort of exist here, to get in of it, get in there, get out of it, without having to worry about my view of the world being challenged or disrupted. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, so it's 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 why there's so much focus around Equity and diversity. Because when we go back to our four walls in our house, we can do anything we want to do. I mean, we create that world, we create that space. Things come in it or they don't based on our own sense of self, personal preference, bias, I mean, whatever it might be. Whenever I've worked someplace, I've always asked myself, who is it around here who is made to feel invisible? Because either because of status or roles or just the the ability to sort of segment ourselves towards some things and away from others. And um, I've always taken great pride in never going into a space and traveling through it in a way that anybody would feel invisible. And so an example, I always knew the names of the people who were in housekeeping, you know, and and, then folks would pass them all day long, and, you know, somebody might be, you know, cleaning out the lobby, and I would want to say, you know, not only say good morning, but find out who their names, you know. Let's talk a little bit about how your weekend was. You know, the same thing that I would say to the receptionist who met me on my way into my job interview upstairs Mm -hmm. in terms of small talk, and, yes, acknowledging their humanity. And I would want to make sure that I did that with people who during the course of the day folks would just pass by them without any sense of acknowledgement that they existed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my father cleaned bathrooms for the New York city transit authority when he migrated here from the West Indies, he did that and and continued. And by the time he finished, he was, he was the guy who was routing trains through the system. So he was a tower man, Mm -hmm. but it took years to get to that point, but he began, you know, doing very humble work. And, um, You know, as far as I was concerned, the man who was cleaning that toilet was just as noble and just as worthy of recognition as the person who was routing the number eight train up through Pelham. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, and my mother cleaned houses, Uh, but she was a, a creative soul, a sensitive soul, a loving soul, and... Whenever, um, you know, my friends would come over and visit, they would spend more time talking to my parents than talking to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I think about things like that and just say, oh, there are there people who are responsible for enriching lives who we're passing every day as if they don't exist? Um, so, I, 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 so when I think about relationships, it's, um, it's how do we find ways to acknowledge our humanity um, and know that there's not an excise tax that's applied to that you know based on your status or whether you're wearing a tie or a pair of work boots Mm -hmm. um and you know every once in a while I I will be traveling you know I'll be downtown or something and and one of the folks who who I've sort of cultivated a relationship with will uh you know will see me and and just kind of come up and say how much they're you know they miss seeing me in and out of that space every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I, you know, I have
0: to acknowledge that I miss seeing them as well. That's beautiful. I think, um, definitely a, um, a choice, you know, or, you know, who we, the sort of the economy of engagement, like who we decide to, to make, make the time or the space, you know, in our, in our consideration of like, okay, can I stop for a minute? Um, You know, ask this person a question, or say how they're doing, and even and even the assumption that when you ask someone else, "How was your weekend?" that it like that you really don't care, and it's like, no, you know, I really care, and um, you know, even something I I had started doing years ago when people would ask me is those kind of questions, which sometimes has had interesting reactions because when I answer those honestly. You know, people kind of go like, oh,
1: uh-huh. I
0: wasn't expecting you to. I was begging you yeah. to say, great. You, you know, I go like, go well, there. you know, it's a rough. It was kind of a rough weekend for me. And they're like, yeah. what you mean? Oh, like, just as I'm not really ready to talk about that. I'm like, you know, and not that I was going to ask them to talk about it more, um, but in the effort to try to be present yeah. and honest about and what what's happening, you know, um, and then, you know, I guess I would say my long thread thinking on that is like if if we're moving if we're trying to be in community or in a village mind state um about you know how we interact with each other I should really tell you how I'm feeling yeah you know it doesn't necessarily require you to do some other next step um but if you know maybe we start being honest more often about how we're feeling or what we're doing or what we're thinking. Uh, when appropriate, maybe we'll get some different outcomes. This is my th- my, my hypothesis, and,
1: and I think it gives us the opportunity to truly be of support to folks. You know, because th- some of those discussions weren't just, "Oh, no, I had a great weekend." It's you know, you know, my my partner is sick, and this is a real difficult time, or you know, I lost somebody, or and and it it gives you the opportunity to sort of come back to them. And to ask them about the things that are most pressing in their lives and to be an acknowledgement that, you know, they're going through a difficult time. You know, I never forget, I I worked both times when my parents passed away. I was, um, you know, working at jobs. And I remember that some of the folks who were the most supportive and the most caring, um, you know, were the people who, you know, the guard I passed in on the way, you know, and he would say, well, how's your dad doing? i said, well, she's oh, really not doing that well. You know, I appreciated being able to sort of just be nurtured and supported by someone who had a genuine sense of concern about how I was doing. Mm-hmm. And for me to have the opportunity to do that for somebody else, you know, I, I felt, you know, was not only time well spent, but, you know, really a way of acknowledging that long before we put on these uniforms, we were placed there by the creator to support and be nurturing to one another. Um, and that, you know, this is the opportunity to sort of continue to get grounded to that. So I, I, I do think when, and, and the other piece, I have to chuckle. My first, um, when I first got out of graduate school, I worked in a mental health center for um, seven years, and this was with folks who had been discharged from the state hospital one of the large state hospitals in Pennsylvania, during a time when they were moving people out of hospital and community-based living arrangements and Mm -hmm. other settings. And when you walked into the day program and asked somebody how they were doing, they were going to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know it wasn't over you know it's like well you know my medication isn't working and my landlady took this and they won't let me have you know i've ordered two cups of coffee this morning and i, you know, I can't smoke and right. so so you, know, I mean, so you know you you know if you didn't want to know how they're doing you just said good morning but i you know but i said you know they deserve they yeah, deserve, deserve to sort of have that hearing
0: they yeah, deserve yeah. to have that window to share yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That joke. That's a, oh man. Yeah, you never know. Uh, yeah. That's a good thing about asking questions. You never yeah, know where it's gonna that take. You. That's exactly uh, right. So uh for you right now, what's just what's just really important to you right now? Like
1: you know, um I, I um you know, we, we we live in a city that is a, a very d- a dynamic time in, in a in a very rapidly evolving um, environment w- within Portland, and uh, lots of difficult discussions, and, and a couple of things that are important to me now. Um, and I don't know if it's just this, a sign of having um, been around for, for a while, you know, I, I I get teased about being an elder, and I don't feel any different than I did when I was 25. <laughs> but I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> you know, but and, and and I I take it with with uh, with with honor and grace. But haven't seen so much. I I am concerned um, that we miss opportunities for dialogue um, in exchange for debate. You know, we 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 are debating a lot, um, and if there's a way to sort of move the the pieces on the chessboard so that it's not a battlefield as much as a safe place to come and talk through difficult issues without the sense that the only outcome has to be there's a winner and there's a loser. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I hope, you know, that at some point dialogue can, we can tilt, the scale towards dialogue and away from debate Um, because I I believe there are very few pure truths in life. There just aren't any. I mean there are blends, they shift and again I think the idea that we have we can have parallel truths um, that are a part of difficult scenarios means that dialogue becomes much more important than the loudest voice in the room. Because the wisest voice in the room may be the quietest voice in the room. Mm-hmm. And if we can find the way to sort of weave dialogue mm-hmm. into our problem solving, then I think it puts us in a position where we can bring our best to that. Um, the, the, the other kind of um, focus that, that I think I try to bring, um, and that's important to me, is is that as we look at some of the challenges and and some of the struggles that we face as a community, as parents, as people concerned about our children and other people's children, um, and the impact that some of the systems that serve us have on us, I want to be able to always sort out the difference between intent and impact. Because we live in a world of, of impact. And and, and it it's it's very difficult to sort of argue that um, but, you know we look at you know the the, the healthcare measures um, and we look at the, the determinants of health and we look at the indicators you know the predictions that our zip codes determine not only our life expectancy but the safety in our lives our earning capacity I mean impacts are. are are immutable. Intent, though, varies, um, and I think you know. For me, I've always wanted to know when I'm when I find myself being impacted by th- the work of an individual, of a system, of a policy, that I step back to determine w- what the intent was. You know, and and quite often, um, the intent may well have been something that was not directed towards creating this particular outcome. This was a, this collateral damage. And I think that the point of trying to redress that is very different than if the intentionality was to make sure that you were denied access mm-hmm. or that you were on the outside of what would be considered a normal set of outcomes. And, you know, it all feels the same, but it starts at different places, and it demands different things of us. I don't mind having discussions with decision makers or key influence or policy makers in a situation where the intent was not directed towards the impact but while they understand that they may not be the cause of this they are responsible for addressing it you know how do we now come back and say okay we can talk because the reality is I don't like what happened and you didn't intend for that to happen you know we now need to figure out how do we restructure, realign or mm-hmm. use those insights for folks who are, you know for people who you know who clearly knew that there was a high likelihood, if not a desirable outcome, of this decision or policies or practices or behaviors that were going to have a deleterious impact on particular folks, and they were m- they were very comfortable with that going into it. That's a whole different discussion, mm-hmm. and and I don't want to I don't want to take the wrong strategy to the wrong body, and and so I'm I'm always trying to figure out you know how, you know if, if I, I want to look at intent I want to look at impact and I want to be clear as to what the driving force was towards that, and you know that takes you know one it takes again that suspending judgment and and sort of listening. Um, Without having to worry about you know when when I reach for you know my particular set of, of tools or or quite frankly weapons I means strategic weapons that I would use um, but also uh, you know i I want to you know find out where I have the opportunity to help to move somebody's thinking or understanding from a place where those unintended consequences could be a a high likelihood to one where they're likely not to be the outcome because they're much more conscious of that. Um, Now, it means you have to have people who are willing to listen. It means Mm -hmm. people who are willing to be engaged in dialogue versus debate um, and folks who are looking to create, again, I, I talk about these safe spaces where you can have difficult discussions as opposed to battlefields where you're looking to figure out, you know, you know, you bring a gun, I bring a rifle. You bring a rifle, I bring a howitzer. Um you know, it sounds too that sounds too Trumpian to me, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh and and I think that um I, and I think that the outcomes warrant the additional time and attention that it takes to approach things that way.
0: I think so. Um You know, I've always and this is one of my I guess youthful thoughts, like when I would first like, you know, you watch the news or something with your parents and like you don't totally know what's going on, but sort of like, Oh, okay, all right, all right, that's not But you know, the overriding idea that there should be some sort of answer to something that we're trying to do. That's like an answer. Like, that's based on the merits of the problem. Yeah. You know, not necessarily around, you know, the the political philosophy or, you know, economic vision, you know, or economic, you know, um, practice model or whatever. But it seems like it's a lot of things we should be able to go, well, we need this, or these folks need that. You know, right. what are the linkages? And then, right. um, but the, like, how do you get persons who... Either are wrapped in a model. How do you you tweak them to get them like to make them feel comfortable enough to like? This may or may not affect your model, but here's like how we can talk about it. You know those sorts of things, and 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 I've I've, you know I I I look forward hopefully to the day when we can have a you know I think that's a, a good framing there in terms of a discussion about all right we need. You know, we need better access to hospitals in this part of town. That's what are the, what, what's the obstacles? Why isn't there a hospital? Right. What's the what's, right. deal? You know, and not, well, you know, everybody doesn't need hospitals because you can do this. So, like, you know, somebody, like, goes on this other, like, I'm into this type of healing, right? Like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, whoa, yeah. Whoa. yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. want, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to, you know. So, you know, when those type of, you know, what are some things that you, I guess, either learned or experienced in trying to, like, Move a move, move a, a debate closer to a discussion. Like, what are some things you've tried to do to, to get that to happen?
1: You know that that's. Uh, I mean, that, that's a <laughs> very insightful <laughs> observation. And um, w- what happens, quite frankly, for me when when we, you know, you, you you sort of can sort of present a premise, and and then depending on, it, again philosophical bent the perspective filters that people will bring to it you'll you'll find it sort of just moving and shaking and growing and leaning back and forth and, and sort of going beyond the the intended um uh exercise you know what is it we're trying to do I I always you know think at you know at some point is it appropriate to say okay let's slow down for one second and remind me again of what problem we're trying to solve. I, I, I mean, because there could be a bunch of them. I mean, when people begin to sort of bring a perspective, it, it can shift us away from the original intent to an equally compelling, you know, set of circumstances or criteria, but it's not the problem that we came to, to begin to solve. And, and I think if we're not solving the right problem, then let's shift to the one that is, but can we stay um, at least on a singular path? Because otherwise you're arguing the merits of w- which priority is the most compelling. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it, that's a losing battle. Uh, I mean, I, I can't, you know, if, if your boot is on my neck, that's the most compelling problem <laughs> to me. <Right. laughs> you know, if somebody out, you know, and if somebody else is saying, well, you know, but, such, you know, but this and that is happening at the same time. Well, you know, it, you know, the reality is we may be able to solve your problem and mine, but we're not going to do it at the same time because we're not going to be focused on what it is that we're trying to do. And so I'm always kind of remind myself of the, the value of you know, being very clear as to what it is we're trying to address. And then also understanding that when when there is a portfolio, you know, of, of compelling issues, problems, that, you know, we, we also need to be comfortable sequencing them. Everything doesn't cross the line at the same time. Uh, you know, and it doesn't take away from something to say that, you know, I think we're going to need to approach this for this reason and then this will open up an additional pathway for us to now broaden this to engage something else and understand that sometimes it's you sequence it based on prioritization sometimes you sequence it based on timing Mm -hmm. you know uh, um, you can ask me you know what the weather is going to be a week from today and I have some indications I might be able to forecast but you know the best answer I can give you a week from today not today. And, you know, so, you know, the fact that, that you know, I, I may be able to put something out, but can we give ourselves a better, you know, factual, perceptual, philosophical foothold by sort of saying, you know, let's answer next week's question next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's not a put-off, anything, but, you know, it, it, you know, you can have the sense that I'm going to respond when asked, about whatever, whenever. But the reality is I may not be in the best position to do that right now. And I want to allow myself the opportunity to offer it at a time that it's going to be most meaningful, most impactful, and and quite frankly, um, you know, lets me gather additional data and input during a time that that's going to be available to me.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, the... sort of the injection or putting into um a situation that there there needs to be like a time and a season to what we're working on and and that uh, and it's something i think is uh if if i was putting on you know i guess i don't know if it's anthropology or sociology hat kind of like a trait i think in our community is yeah. that you know and that being anthropological yeah is that at certain times as much as that's important to talk about, we're not going to talk about that right now. And you, you just can't ask us that right yeah. now. And, you know, you, you might have to wait 48 hours. You might have to wait 48 weeks before we can talk about that. And, you know, and I think it um, is a struggle at times, sometimes in community and our community. Because yeah. folks are like, but, yeah. but, but, but this is pressing. And then it's like, yeah, but like that opens up a whole other there's whole other. There's other things going on that are more immediate in in, in, the, in the hearts of what people are thinking, and, and we're just gonna have to wait.
1: And, and that's a dynamic that I think you know leaders um, will will constantly have to figure out how they address. You know, I mean, um, the, the, these are, you know, in some ways, the challenges that face us within community or faces as people, as as, as parents. I mean, um, they they're all equal. But, but there are the greater and lesser of equals. Um, mm-hmm. And when you begin to look at, you know, how do we prioritize and how do we begin to problem solve, y- if there's not a logical sequence or rationale to that, then, then you find yourself trying to boil the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the effort will absolutely be there, but the outcome won't. Uh, and that's where I think we, we, you know, begin to say to ourselves that every once in a while you have to make Sophie's choice um... in some of these difficult situations and um, that's not comfortable, it's not comforting but it allows you to at least begin to say I can see a path and you know the first step doesn't get us as far as the second, third, fourth, or fifth will but if we don't find a way to begin to sequence that we will be where we are a year from now we'll be standing here paralyzed trying to figure out how do we go Mm -hmm. north, east, south, and west at the same time
0: tough it's it, it, it heavy it is <laughs> it's it a heavy it and,
1: and it's um you know it but uh, hopefully it will force us to do our best thinking yeah. because otherwise we we are absolutely
0: paralyzed mm. um, so I wanted to make us have a have us have a, a pivot. Um, start I'm, fo- to, I'm following start, you my start, to, I'm following start to you. wind this down a little bit because I don't want to take too much time uh, on a Saturday uh, I, I know you, no. you're a busy man I know you officially these are air quotes are tired <laughs> um however yeah. still could be ch- you know what can you um so probably two questions It'll Be this one and then one just talk maybe talk a little music before we before okay before we uh, pull the you know, jump out um in the time that I've known you, you've always had a a calm I don't know if I don't know if it's always been that way, and I might maybe I only see you when you're calm <laughs> um but in terms of the way you manage space and you know situations in terms of like stress level or at least your stress reaction, is there any i don't know secret sauce to how you try to approach to like manage just your sort of mode- like your your methodology or your method in the way yeah. you engage with people
1: no i i um you know i think i've i've been asked that a couple of times and i i i don't know w- to what do i attribute it i uh, you know i think a part of it is that um I have two brothers one who's a year younger one who's who's ten years older and and they are in very much you know the same way, I mean we, we have sort of the same mannerisms, mm. and I think a part of it is um particularly for my younger brother and I, is that we were the children of a mature man. I mean my father was almost fifty years old when I was born uh-huh. um and and so you know my and and, and and you know and I tell people all the time that um i I never heard my father curse. I never saw my father drunk, and my father never struck my mother. Uh, and, and now, it, you know, I mean, it, it's not that there's a, there was a contest or anything on it, But And the other thing that I'd say, my father was a man's man. Um, I mean, there was nothing sort of small about him. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he lived with a, a type of dignity. And he used to tell us, you know, you, you may never be you may never be the smartest person in the room, you may never be the biggest person in the room, you never be the tallest, the richest, but you can always have the most class. Mm. And, and he, he always told that. And, and you know, I look at my older brother, my model, my younger brother, and they are just good men. And and so I think in some ways th- the definition of manhood in my house was kind of modeled by my dad. And, um, you know, I, I've never had a hard time taking it with me i mean it's you know when i my staff will will tell you every once in a while when i have to give when i used to have to give a speech or something and i'm not uncomfortable talking publicly but i get a little nervous Mm -hmm. i just write my parents initials on the palm of my hands Mm. so (laughs) (laughs) whatever i looked at you know e-j-a-e-g-a they're right there on the palm of my hands and it just brings me back. It centers me. It's a, you know, these are the people, this gift that I had, this wonderful gift that we had coming up, unconditional love. You know, we grew up, and you and I talked about growing up East Coast. I grew up in the hood. I mean, it was Bedford-Stuyvesant. I tell people all the time, I'm a corner brother. I'm a corner brother who God has been just unbelievably generous to mm-hmm. in terms of where my life has taken me. And I guess, well, most days, justice, I honestly just feel that, um, you know, I am so fortunate that if I have the opportunity to be in a room and contribute to somebody's quality of life or s- put fingerprints on something in a positive way, that, um, you know, that's the way that my gifts are supposed to be spent. Mm. And and I just, you know, I I just... You know, and then the, and then, and then the, the the corner brother part of me says, you know, there's only a couple things to get excited about. As long as you're not hurting my family, you know, or trying to hurt me, then then I I just I just need to bring whatever calm I can and and sort yeah. of be present.
0: Yeah, all right, that's nice. I think uh, <laughs> I like that. That's the best way to think about it. Um, Feel free to use it. <laughs> I will. I will. I, you know. <laughs> uh, um, ooh, so. On music I've approached this part of the interviews different ways with different people. So I'm gonna try something new today. Okay. Um, I guess first, can you give me what's a what's a song? It's the end wherever the point in the week when you're like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna sit down in here and I might maybe I'm gonna crack a book, maybe I might have a a beverage of some sort. But no one's gonna disturb me for the next 13 to 14 minutes or something or it may be longer or I'm gonna start this record and I know you know I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. kind of close the chapter and move on to what my evening is gonna be like what's 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 something that you would want to put on to, to get that energy going you know I
1: treated myself to a um an echo one of those little boxes oh. the, uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, Alexa and um, the beauty of it is that you know, now I can go back and ask it to play these songs from 1965. Right. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, to the five stair steps, and, you know, the, the four tops. I mean, I mean, and so I'm listening to, uh, you know, I tell people it's it's like a trip down memory lane, but I'm I'm kind of going back to, you know, my, my teen years and listening to music. And so, you know, re- recently it's The Last Poets and Gil Scott Heron, but when I want to sort of sit and deeply sort of delve into um, some music, it's Wynton Marsalis' The Majesty of the Blues, mm. um, which is, you know, instrumental and then a spoken word piece for the last 14 or 15 minutes um, where they're speaking about just the evolution of blues and jazz and the spirituality associated with it and the impact of Ellington and others and and just um, you know you know it's sort of like um, and I've been listening to it for 20 years um, but each time I listen to it there's something that I hear for the first time or that it's punctuated in a way that it wasn't before or mm-hmm. that I can stay with you know it's it's sort of like when I listen each year I, I find a quiet space and I have a Thirty-three and a third album with Dr. King's speech, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and and um, and I listened to it. And I, I don't, you know, it's one thing when you're in a crowd of people and you can sort of go along, but when you literally just sit down and listen to the crowd, to the words, to his intonation, and you can kind of close your eyes and sort of transport yourself. And I remember where I was. You know, I was 13 years old when when that speech was given. Um, I, I like to sort of. Continue to have it be both familiar and different at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- you know, I know it, but I don't know it. I heard it, but I'm hearing it differently. But the majesty of the blues, but
0: I Wilton Sellers. I got it. to check it out. I haven't heard. Yeah, Alright. yeah. Alright, I'm gonna get one more, and then we're gonna pull out. Uh, so um, I'm a at least. Uh, I've always been a like. Certain things I like to listen to in the morning. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in high school, it was when I'm, you know, getting dressed and you know, you, know, you know, like getting ready to go try to do whatever I'm going to do today or mm-hmm. be fly, so to speak, or go try to talk to that girl today. You know, those sorts of things. And then um, at other points in life, it's been either you know I'm going to be up way too late, but I'm going to wake up because I got to go to work and go do whatever I got to do. Or I got to go to class, you know, especially when I started taking class seriously. Um, not you know that's a kind of more complicated story um however so um at all times i have different you know morning songs you know yeah you know while i'm eating breakfast or you know getting my bag together to leave do you one do you do you have any kind of morning songs and if you do you know what would be something that would be in that you know playlist or that rotation
1: you know it, it's interesting my um I grew up in a house where my father listened to um, talk radio all the time. All and the Tintin time, ten ten wins and. Uh, well, it was on? it was actually um, WNEW, and um, I can't remember the call letters, but it was uh, John Gambling. It was it was the show. Okay. Um, w O R W O R in New York City. And, and, you know, I used to sit there and mumble and grumble. Oh, you listen to this, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I'm my father. And, you know, I listen to talk radio. all <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> morning, and, and NPR. I mean, uh, the public radio I've listened to for the last 30 years. Wherever I've, and I've been in, I left Philadelphia probably in, in 1975, and I've been to seven other cities since then, mm-hmm. um, with, with Portland being the seventh. And whenever I've moved... I've found the public radio station. So that I, I true, am yeah. I, I'm a public a radio public junkie. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> this, the minute that it goes on, I'm listening to All Things Considered, or you know, I, I, I just, uh, you know, it's my primary source okay. uh, kind of for, for views of the world. And, and oddly enough, you know, sometimes, you know, people have been very, very kind here. I mean, I, I love this city and I've just been treated so well. But every once in a while, people will say, hey, you know, can we have coffee? Can we? And I say, sure. And I meet them down at a little place along the river called the Little River Cafe. It's between McCormick and Smith and the, um, the River Place Hotel. It's just a, a little place right on the waterfront. And um, I like to meet them there because I live in southeast, and I get on the uh, Springwater Corridor, and I ride my bicycle. Mm-hmm. you know so i get up in the morning i put the, you know i put my little f- the flashing lights on because usually pretty dark if mm-hmm. i've got like a seven thirty 30 on eight o'clock coffee yeah. and i ride in and you know if it's raining it's raining if it's not it's not but on the way in i have to listen <laughs> to, <the> to, <laughs> NPR. to npr call. on the way back i got my ipod and i'm listening to all my songs from the 70s and the 80s and motown and Teddy Pendergrass and the Temptations and Grover Washington and, and okay. others, so it's funny. The first thing in the morning, is not music. Not music. Now, if my wife is with me, it's music. <laughs> yeah, and it's <laughs> usually, you know, she's she's a, the generation below. She's a little younger, so she's 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 into much more contemporary type music mm-hmm. than I am. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. So talk to me on the, when I first wake up, and then you can sing to me
0: on the way home. No, I like that. That's me. Oh, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure. Michael. Oh, this has been fun, man. Thank you. Uh, I feel yeah. I feel privileged. Uh, thank you, and um, I appreciate you uh, adding on and sharing. Um, and we will see each other often. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> In a feature. lot of rooms together. Indeed. So uh, this has been the Ask Your Old Head podcast with Justice Raji and my guest Michael Alexander. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. All right, peace. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ask Your Old Head podcast with Justice Raji. Thank you to my guest, Michael Alexander. Please listen, rate, subscribe, share, all the above. Thank you for listening. Peace.